0: Tends to throw down the left side to fade. Lavisca's in the end zone. Over the shoulder, catch is made by Lavisca Chennault. Touchdown, touchdown, Colorado. How do you cover that man? Well, second down of the 16th. Colletta, play action. Hit by Terrence Slang and he's sacked inside the 10 at the 9 yard line. Terrence Slang, there's no better looking football player. Takes a snap dropping the throne he's got time downfield kd nixon backpedaling one-handed crab outside the 20 in the 15 yard line oh what a catch by kd nixon between the hashes moving left to right loopily shotgun snap gives the inside handoff and that thing is blowing up that time oh what a play by landman I mean as soon as it was handoff, Lambin was right there and you can hear the pads popping all the way up here in the broadcast booth. Holy cow, what a play! Montez fake, handoff, turns the corner and here he goes! 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Steven Montez, holy cow, he had the fake and he rolled out to his left and he was so alone it looked like he was late for school as he went trucking in.
1: Welcome into a new Buff Stampede Radio Adam munster Tiger the publisher of buffstampede.com joined by fan correspondent Tyler Ziskin Tyler how you doing Not too
2: bad uh woke up the other day and realized football is pretty much around the corner turned on ESPN the Browns have been all over the place which is a little bit surreal for me uh don't know if I can trust that yet but it's nice to have football back in the back in front of the windshield now cuz the Rockies have completely fallen off the map. So now I'm looking for something
1: else to watch. Colorado's players will report on July 31st their first practice on August 1st. So yeah, it's a very long offseason and then boom, it, it hits you. What are your general thoughts leading up to preseason camp? I'm just excited for a new regime. It's always exciting to have different people in the building and see if they can...
2: Build on you know obviously McIntyre didn't quite get it done but the program is in better shape than when he got here so see if Mel Tucker can do the same and if that's true whoever comes in next however long down the line that'll be we'll have a lot more entertaining football games to have
1: watched have you struggled in getting a good full healthy night of sleep could it be that your neck and spine are not in perfect spinal alignment look no further make sure you get a fully customizable pillow for every sleep style and every body type get an ever pillow sold at InfiniteMoon.com. Just add or remove the natural fill to get the pillow exactly how you want. The ever pillow was chosen as the best pillow by the Washington post in 2018. And it has been featured on the today show and on multiple local news channels for a reason support a Colorado company that loves the buffs and makes an amazing product. Save 10% now at InfiniteMoon.com by using go buffs in the cart or Always free delivery and a 100-day risk-free trial. InfiniteMoon.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E Moon.com. These guys have been supporting the podcast for a long time. Really appreciate them. Had a, a wedding here recently. Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was awesome. It was, you know Obviously, we
2: had a lot of the Buff gang back together, which is always a lot of fun. It's good to see you happy, all the family members happy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was at a venue I hadn't been to before. It was really awesome. You could of, probably walk there for a lot there. of black and gold in there, which I respected, <laughs> yeah. um yeah, man. It was
1: great. I appreciate being involved. It was good to see you happy. Did you go with the taco bar or the pasta bar? What was pasta it? pasta okay, yep, break down uh, your your wedding meal for me here, oh man, I don't even know if I could tell you. It was sausage
2: peppers, onions, rigatoni, I think, red sauce. There there were some options there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, pasta bar, good idea. I've never seen that at a wedding before, so I appreciate that. A couple of the people at our table got both. So shout out to them. That was the money move right there. Yeah, growing children.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome, man. We had a blast. It was funny. One of the things we, as we were planning the wedding, we made a point to when it's time to eat we're actually gonna eat yeah and so the caterers did a great job of kind of sequestering us over in the corner and they brought food to us uh we both love food so it was great uh but yeah went on a honeymoon and back to reality it's it's tough to get back to real life but have to i mean camp is starting here some news came out last week darren Cheverini named assistant head coach this was an awesome move for a lot of reasons in my opinion Yeah, I mean,
2: it's probably good for his psyche in general. It's never fun to be demoted and end up at the same place. Um, And he got rewarded for what we all know he can do, and that's recruit. Play calling thing didn't work out, and we'll see how that goes in the future. But I mean, there's no doubt that he's been an absolute beast in the recruiting department. Mel Tucker said time and time again that's, you know, the lifeblood of the program. And there's no one better at it than Darren right now. So. It's nice to see him rewarded for all that hard work, and it's nice to see him immediately have what appears to be a pretty solid connection with Coach Tucker.
1: We all knew, like you said, that Darren Cheverini is a top-notch recruiter. I went back and counted up the recruits that he was either primary or secondary on, and in the last three and a half years, it's been 42. That's an insane number. Yeah, that's outrageous. And I would say a majority of those are your high,
2: your highest-rated kids, and not just highest-rated, but a lot of those kids have turned out to be Very successful as
1: well. Yeah. Buffs were at Pac-12 Media Day out in Hollywood. Mel Tucker sticking with his no excuses approach. LaVisca Chenault, Nate Landman representing the program. I don't know if LaVisca Chenault's ever going to be 100% confident and comfortable in front of the media. But it was great to see him work to try to get better at it. You could see him try to come out of his shell a little bit out there. Yeah, and he has
2: a little bit more of a different swag. I mean, he was wearing $1,300 shoes I saw on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, that's kind of interesting. Obviously, he's a top 10 pick, so you want to highlight that for your program. Those are the yeah. kind of faces that you want to see. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Like I don't know him personally, but he's pretty active on social media and is like, pretty forward and available on those things so for him to be it seems like he's a little more shy in real life and definitely doesn't like talking in general but um, this was has yeah, he got katie nixon for right? right exactly but he's pretty approachable which i think is important in today's world you want to have your stars be approachable i think that's the one thing that why everybody still has a great positive relationship with spencer dinwiddie in the program and around the you know the fan base loves him pretty much universally because he interacts with people on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's something that kids these days are going to have to do more and more of if they want to have, you know, that popularity.
1: Shocker here, Tyler. CU was picked to finish last in the South, only Oregon State with less votes in the conference. You saw this coming. Uh, When you go to one bowl game in 11 years, people are just not going to give you respect. Do you agree that Utah is the front runner in the South and Oregon and Washington are the front runners in the North?
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, I think Utah is starting to pop up as a trendy playoff possibility team right now, which might be a little bit cart before the horse, but they're dominant. I mean, especially in in a division where everybody else is probably at best average. I mean, there's no other team in the South that you can say for sure is going to be good this year. I think they're definitely the obvious choice in the division right now. They are dominant on the lines, which usually works pretty well in the game of football. So, yeah, I think Utah is definitely the right choice there. Washington, obviously, is extremely talented. They've lost some guys here and there, but I wouldn't be surprised if their offense actually is better without Jake Browning. Uh, I thought he was pretty much the most overrated quarterback I've seen in a long time. So, not a big fan of him. The rest of that program, though, I really respect, and they have a ton of talent and always play excellent defense. And then Oregon, you know, they're kind of what Oregon is. They're flashy if everything comes together. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I could also see them kind of disappointing, but you know, they're going to go to a bowl game. Definitely.
1: My favorite preseason ranking was the one 24 seven sports did. And they ranked the teams in the North one through six. And in the South, they ranked Utah one and all the other teams in the South number two, because there really is a lot of question marks with Mm -hmm. every other team. I think from a talent standpoint, USC, probably you rank them higher than, than some of the others. But, you know, we all pretend, we want to pretend that we know everything this time of year when we really don't know how things are, how the chips are going to fall with, with a lot yeah. of these teams.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like every year these predictions are always ends up being so wrong. You know, last year Arizona was the trendy pick and they were honestly pretty mediocre. Um, Oregon was really trendy last year and they were okay, but definitely not as good as people expected. Yeah. I mean, all the teams in the South have, Obvious flaws all the teams in the south have obvious strengths, too So I think it'll be a fun division this year where there's gonna be a lot of chaos ensuing. probably I think it's you know, yes talent wise you could say USC has the most but It's so crazy for a team that gets as much talent as they do. There's no buzz about any specific guy Being an NFL draft pick for that program right now And it's been a couple years in a row where there hasn't really been a guy. It's like wow He's gonna really take over it's the next level. That's pretty surreal
1: as i've done some national and regional radio interviews since Mel Tucker was hired. I've come to find out that he's a relative unknown. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of people underestimating. Obviously Colorado fans are analyzing every word that Mel Tucker says and buying into it and loving it because it's such a different perspective than what McIntyre brought 24 seven sports ranked the Pac-12 head coaches and they put Mel Tucker 12th and he's not, he's never coached a game, which seems ridiculous, but
2: um, yeah, but that's probably also why he's 12th too. I mean, you know, we didn't know who Mel Tucker was a year ago. That's either. True. The, the more you research know?
1: you did on him quickly, you became impressed. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, listen, do I think he's the 12th best coach in the Pac-12? Well, I hope not, but I mean, it's all guess right now. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it. He's going to have to prove some things. He doesn't have any experience, he's had a program that has been quite frankly awful for most of the last decade and a half. People are okay to be skeptical of this and, you know, that he's going to have to prove something in order for people to start talking about him in a different light, and honestly, I'm cool with that. You know, like he's there there has to be progress made.
1: Brian Cabral back at CU as a character coach and a spiritual mentor, and this goes to something that I heard from some of the staff members when Mel Tucker and that he's all encompassing Everybody that's involved in the football program, he's going to make them feel like they're an integral part. And Mel Tucker made a comment that Brian Cabral is as important as anybody in the program in that role that he's taking on now.
2: Yeah, I would I would definitely say so. This is part of the reason why everybody at CU loves what they've seen from Mel Tucker so far. It has nothing to do with on-field success. It has nothing to do with the guys he's bringing in. He does everything the right way. He's He's gone so far out of his way to make sure – that he ingrains himself into everything in the CU community, not just football. You know, he's at all the basketball games. You know, he's having friendly conversations with Tad Boyle. Obviously, him and Rick George have a pretty public and hilarious relationship. So he up to the fan base, which is what needs to come first. Now, obviously, you got to win games or people will sour on him. But he's doing all the right things so far. You know, he can't win 10 games in August. That's impossible. I don't think he'll win 10 games this year either, probably. But if you know people are going to give him time if they see progress and like the things that he's doing and like what he stands for and like how he treats his kids you know it it seems like this team is really bought into the staff and they have a really good working relationship and that can be sometimes the difference between 5
1: and 7 wins one comment that stood out to me when i met with Drew Wilson the head strength and conditioning coach was he said Mel Tucker's the type of coach head coach that you you don't want to disappoint <laughs> and I think players, if they have that same feeling, that's going to be huge for this program. When you have that, that feeling of not wanting to disappoint somebody, and it's going to make you work a lot harder. Yeah, it brings you back to when
2: you're young. I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Like that, That's that's an even worse feeling, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's all, you, know, you, you did something wrong, you get yelled at, it's like, all right, I deserve that. But when someone's like, you can see that it hurts them to discipline you, that's the worst.
1: So 2019 signee and Oliver did not cut it academically, was placed at Copiah Lincoln Junior College in Mississippi. So we are a little concerned with depth in the secondary and yeah. safety. You would have liked to see and Oliver come in. It sounds like Mark Perry's the real deal. That That's a big deal coming in. So a little bad news there, but it sounds like the rest of the guys came in. I, I'm okay with, this staff taking a chance on a guy here and there. Because even if Trust and Oliver only placed two years in Boulder, it could still pay off in the end.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, obviously the talent is certainly there. It can't become – this was an Embry issue. If if you're consistently taking guys that can't even show up on campus, you're going to really hurt your program's depth. I don't think that's going to be an issue here. But, yeah, I mean, it's – A, he's a Colorado kid. So taking a chance on him has – even more implications you know and it didn't work out there's always going to be a kid or two probably that doesn't work out from the class even before they show up it feels like that's that happens every year uh we'll see if he comes back i mean obviously they placed him at a juco with they have connections there so they feel pretty good about staying in touch with him so that's nice um yeah i mean we'll just have to see how it develops long term it's almost interesting you talked about the depth concerns Safety has been such an issue the last few years, and it'll still be a little bit sketchy, but I would say the depth
1: is stronger at safety than corner
2: right now, and it's right. the first time in a long time you could say that for
1: this program. Yeah, you like the top-end talent at corner, not the depth. Right. At safety, you're not sure who those top guys are going to be yet, but there are mm-hmm. quite a few bodies now. Yeah, yeah, I could
2: see five guys You know that if they
1: ended up starting, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Yeah. We recorded our last podcast on June 12th, and since then, Caleb Fourier, Devin Grant... Alton Julian, Alvin Williams, Keith Miller, Jalen Parker, Justin Jackson, Jared Lichtenhan, and Guy Thomas have all joined the Buffs Commitment List. Junior college tight end Luke Stilwell was also a late add for this fall. Commitments. 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 And Joe Perkins decommitted and recommitted. So the Buffs (laughs) are all of a sudden at 15 pledges, currently ranked fifth in the Pac-12 team recruiting rankings. With who CU has on board and the type of recruits they're targeting, what what do you think is a realistic expectation for where this class will rank rank when the ink dries? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we
2: talked about this before we made the mics hot, but um, if we're only taking 20 guys, there's definitely going to be a cap on what we can do in terms of the top end. Um, you'd like to see him probably finish somewhere right around 40. I think with 20 commits, it's going to be too difficult to get too much above that unless you start signing big-time guys down the stretch, and we're going to have to win a lot of games to do that. I think that's a good start. I mean, that's you're that you're bringing in bowl-eligible talent. If you bring in roughly a top 40 class every single year and maybe find some guys that other guys aren't, that's going to be a part of it as well. But, yeah, I mean, we already have 15 guys, so there's not a whole lot of room to – Move up from here, and obviously it'll depend a lot on if we win some games. Because I mean, all these guys are not signed yet; they're just committed. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think we're definitely on the right track. Got a lot of guys that have bigger offers, and it seems like we, especially for in terms of an athlete perspective, we're improving. Um, Some of these guys are probably a little bit small for their positions in some spots but there's definitely a lot of athleticism out there which is important in the pac-12 for sure
1: you look at drew wilson's face when you talk about the recruiting under mel tucker and in his face lights up because he talks about the size mm-hmm. of the guy in the trenches that they're recruiting now and he made a comment that it's no longer drew here's this 240 pounder make him 300 pounds and obviously we know what he's talking about yeah there because, that hasn't worked out yeah yeah In terms of these recruits that are on board, which recent commits have you most excited? Um, Well, I always talk about
2: Carson Lee, because I think he's kind of the catalyst for everything. Um, It's not even just a talent perspective. It's just he's helped a lot of these other guys feel comfortable with Colorado, which is important. You know, Brandon Lewis has an opportunity to be very good. I like his, he's multiple. He's versatile. Um, I think he fits into what you need in the Pac-12. So I like him quite a bit. And then Jalen Parker, um, I just think getting into Georgia is big for what we do. I, he's he's just explosive. I mean, he he's what you want in a guy in the you know on your defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's going to bring a mentality like Nate Lamb into every single game. Uh, that's really important. So those are the three guys that stand out to me probably right now.
1: Of the recent guys that I mentioned there, Keith Miller is a mm-hmm. guy that I would be excited about as a CU fan. Big yep. physical receiver great athlete caleb fourier with tight end being such an important position and we're going to talk about an in-state tight end that's going elsewhere but you needed to land a top-notch tight end in this class Uh, still try to get another one in before the end of this recruiting cycle and another one that i don't know just every once in a while you hear a recruit story you talk to him get to know his personality a little bit luke stillwell the late ad a converted quarterback to tight end. He has made big strides in a very short period of time as a tight end and had multiple power conference options. I just have a feeling about him. Yeah, it would be
2: cool. I mean, I think tight end is interesting because people don't really use them much anymore. You even look in the NFL, there's four or five really elite tight ends that make a difference, and then a lot of teams don't really use one anymore. So it's kind of a dying position at times. But I love getting guys that can play tight end because they're so versatile. You can put them in a lot of different ways. They can help on special teams. You can put them out wide, especially in college. You know, option. They can use them in the backfield. There's a lot of things you can do with someone that athletic. So there, we have. We it seems like we went from having no tight ends to now we have too many. All of them can't play. But I think if we're you know if if they're creative, they can find ways to have these guys come onto the field
1: and create some mismatches i think a big reason they're going to be multiple on offense and they're going to utilize the tight end a lot more is because mel tucker is a defensive mind and he knows what's hard to prepare for Mm -hmm. and he knows if you have tight ends that are versatile that it can really exploit mismatches right so i'm really anxious to see how that position develops here. Cole Taylor, I, I mentioned that uh, in-state tight end committed elsewhere. He's from grand junction committed to LSU had CU in his top three. That would have been a nice ad mm-hmm. with Carson Lee as an in-state guy this year, but yeah. it's not shocking at the same time. We talked on the last show, the fact that he wasn't going to take an official visit to CU was concerning because you can only roll out the red carpet so much on an unofficial.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not, surprising given the history. I mean, most of these kids that are getting recruited now have never seen CU be good except once. I mean, that obviously matters um, when you're getting recruited by LSU, who's even when they're, you know, everyone's saying they're a garbage program, they're 20th in their 20th ranked nationally, you know, instead of (laughs) top five, like it's still no matter what LSU is better than 90% of the programs out there. If they're taking a look at you, you're going to take it seriously. Most likely, um, you know, like, listen, the in-state recruiting this year is going to look really ugly, and Mel Tucker is probably going to take some heat for that because we're going to get Carson Lee. That's it. Pretty much everyone else is committed that is, you know, on the level of Colorado at, right now. So it'll be interesting to play out, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to have to prove to guys in-state that we're a serious program that is worth coming to. I mean, if, if you have... Options where you think you can play and you're going to go to bowl games every year. Probably those are going to be taken quite a bit if we're continuing to not make bowl games. So it's all we, we have to sh- show that success.
1: The Colony High Safety recruit Christian Gonzalez plans to announce on August 12th the Buffs are in his top five. Four-star wide receiver Marvin Mims, wide receiver Brendan Rice, son of Jerry Rice, uh, California defense lineman Ricky Correa, Arizona outside linebacker Jason Harris, Louisiana defensive lineman Mason Narquisi, and JUCO defensive lineman Anthony Hayes, some other guys on the recruiting trail to keep a close eye on. Of course, stay tuned to buffstampede.com for updates on all of those recruits. We are going to have another mailbag show where we touch on a ton of football topics. Let's transition now, though, on this show over to some basketball talk. The Buffs are gonna host their first three Pac twelve games this coming season. C will not host the Arizona schools or travel to the Washington schools as favorable a conference schedule as you could hope for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it I almost I laughed when I saw it because it's the total opposite of what we usually get, which is you start with five of seven on the road against five of the best teams in the conference. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool, we have to dig ourselves out of a hole yet again. Um Yeah, this I mean, we're kinda at the point now where the schedule is good enough. That they're gonna make some noise nationally, and they, if they're on the bubble, they'll probably get in over some teams that are going to have a worse non-conference schedule than we have. Um, so, kind of all the ducks are aligned now. They don't have a whole lot of excuses not to make the tournament, in my opinion, this year. Uh, they're starting to get some hype. There's a lot of team, a lot of people that have predicted them to finish first in the conference. Which do you like that, just, or would you rather have them come in a little bit more under the? Yeah, radar? I mean, I think. Saying it's premature is probably wrong because it's the opposite of premature. People like them because they're the experienced group. Uh, But at the end of the day, there's going to be some teams in the Pac-12 with lottery picks, and we probably don't have a lottery pick. So, you know, if it all comes together, uh, defensively we're going to be good, and you never know is Washington going to gel or are they going to fall apart. I mean, USC always has really good players, and they seem to always fizzle out kind of. Um, so I, I understand it, but yeah, I'd probably like to see them,
1: you know, getting some more love to finish second or third. Probably right now, Nate Tomlinson was named CU's new director of player development. He was in the program, I think, as a as an intern or assistant. He wasn't mm-hmm. one of the assistant coaches, but it's a nice promotion for him. We tend to go on Tad Boyle love fests on this podcast, but one of the things. I've always appreciated about him is he doesn't surround himself with a bunch of yes men. Nate Tomlinson and him butted heads when yeah. he was a player at Understand me, challenged too. him. Yeah. And so to bring him back in the program, give him a, a bigger role, I love it.
2: Yeah, and the kids love it, which is huge too, obviously, because you know, Kim English, the one thing that I can say for sure is that the kids love Kim. Mm-hmm. Um so that was a loss in terms of that regard. They love Nate too. So to see him get promoted and you know, have success in his career. I think he's honestly on a track to become a head coach someday. I love his demeanor. I love his mindset. He's super approachable as well with the fan base. He gets it. He loves basketball. Um, he's a hard-nosed dude. No nonsense. Uh, I, I mean, I've loved him since he was a player. Uh, before he was even, you know, regarded as being the player that he was w- when his career finished. I just love everything about the kid's mentality. And it, I'm definitely rooting for him to have a lot of success.
1: Derek white was named to the USA basketball select team. It's been great to see him. Yeah. Yeah. But what a story, man. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gotten to the point where now you can kind of just think back to his one season in Boulder and appreciate it? Or is it, does it still make you angry that he didn't have the team around him that he deserved? Yeah. Well, it's not even, he did
2: have a team. They should have been better than they were. You know, it's just those other guys decided they wanted to take the year off, I guess. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, I appreciated him. It was one of the most fun years I've had watching one individual player, but it was surrounded by a bubble of absolute putridness that <laughs> still makes me lose sleep at night. Yeah, it's it, which is tough for him because I don't think he was really there long enough for most casual fans to really have an affinity for him, I guess is what I would say. But he's one of the best players I've ever seen at CU, uh, even though he was only there for one year. And to see his rise from you know, that I can never, I can never get that picture out of my head of that skinny little 15 year old kid at legend that they always talk about and to what he looks like
1: now and what he's doing in the NBA. It's just an unbelievable uh, story. George King is headed over to Italy after one season in the NBA slash G league. I was a little surprised by this because he played well in the Mm -hmm. G league last year, shot really well. Uh, He doesn't have the upside of a Derek white, obviously, but I thought he could have maybe stuck on the end of NBA benches for, for quite a while. But, uh, uh, you know, going over to Italy, that's that's a great opportunity for him as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything about George King's career has surprised me. <laughs> so I guess this isn't surprising <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, I, he was good, probably the best player on their G League team last year. So it's kind of interesting to see him not stick around uh, with two teams now. Uh, so I don't know if he's just over it and, you know, doesn't think he's going to make it in the NBA and would rather just go play in Europe where he knows he'll get time. And can be a little more of a celebrity over there. I'm not sure. But I hope he does well. Because, I mean, he's definitely a versatile player. He's obviously good enough to play overseas. Um, He should get a ton of opportunity over there.
1: We're not going to talk a ton about Team Colorado, the TBT team that is competing in the Wichita Regional. Because we're recording this on Friday morning. This podcast isn't going to go up for a little while. Um, I guess, briefly, what what are kind of your expectations? It's, again, it might be kind of outdated by pe- by the time people listen to this.
2: Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah, they play tonight. I don't follow it much anymore, to be honest, because that the same team wins every year, and that's kind of boring to me. Um, and, and
1: the other teams are getting more talented. Every year there's more mm-hmm. talent in that tournament, and yeah. CU kind of brings back more or less the same core. And Marcus right. Hall is great, but... Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, you know, I just don't really...
2: Th- they, I don't think they can win, and... I don't know. I'd love – I wish the tournament was an alumni team only. Like I love that Colorado Mm -hmm. keeps it to guys who played in their program. And a lot of the other teams do too. But also just throwing in guys who all make a million dollars a year in Europe on a team, it's like they end up smoking everyone basically. I don't know. It just loses its luster a little bit for me. It's nice to see a lot of guys that we grew up watching still playing and, you know, doing big things. I mean, it's a fun tournament. There's a ton of talent. There's no lie about that. Um, and I hate to say it cause I, my boy repine is involved now and I love that kid, but, um, yeah, I just don't show it as much love anymore. It fiddled out a little bit for
1: me. I'm glad they're still doing it though. Yeah. For the simple fact of having that training camp back in Boulder mm-hmm. and having the former players and current players continue to have that connection that otherwise I think it would be hard. Yeah, they'll bring back the NBA guys when they have a big visit weekend during a football game this fall, but to actually have those guys play each other and and develop that bond is pretty awesome. I think
2: the whole thing is really cool. It's just a bummer that it's not a little more fair, I guess, in terms of the competition.
1: And basketball recruiting will be heating up here pretty soon. Utah big man Matty Sizoko and Illinois point guard Keyshawn Williams expected to be out for the weekend of the CSU football game. Both those guys visited last fall as well for a Boulder game, so now they can bring them down to Denver, kind of show them both aspects of Denver and Boulder. Sizoko really blew up. He's a four-star guy. Michigan State, he's taking a visit to UCLA. It's going to be tough. They've done a good job recruiting him. Bill Greer's been the, the lead guy there. Uh, I, I would set my expectations pretty low there, but if they could pull that off, that would be a huge get. Yeah, I mean, they – it's, it feels like they haven't recruited
2: a high school kid <laughs> in a while since McKinley Wright, I think, basically, right? So, um, yeah, they're recruiting for basketball and needs to take probably an uptake a little bit. A lot of JUCO guys in the last few years, which I don't think is sustainable long-term. But, yeah, these two guys are talented. Um, I hope they keep to, keep an eye on it because they gotta see got to keep uh, building that program because McKinley and Tyler won't be here forever.
1: Lawson Lovering is a Lawson Lovering is an intriguing 2021 recruit from Wyoming that I did a feature on recently huge frame seven footer Uh, I mean he Goes to school in Cheyenne. So it makes sense that he's kind of been under the radar. He does have some Mountain West offers, but CU has been making a stronger push with him. He's taken two visits to CU. It'll be interesting to watch his development. Big man that can shoot really well from three point range. I think he shot over 50% from three point range for his high school team last season. Nice. And yeah. So I'm anxious to kind of continue to, to watch him. What are, what are your expectations with recruiting, uh, for, for CU this year?
2: I mean, they got to get some guys. I know it's, If People always translate football to basketball recruiting in the same way. I mean, if you're a top 100 kid in football, you're a big-time four-star. And in basketball, you're probably not even a four-star. It's like right on the cusp of when they start showing up three-star guys. So I think people don't really understand how the recruiting game works for basketball at times. There's just not a lot of high major talent out there. Um so when you get a kid who's a three star, one's like ah he's nobody. That's just not how it works. I mean there are four stars that end up going to mid majors in college because that's just how many. There aren't that many slots available at the end of the day. So I mean they need to keep improving. Obviously their point guard play uh, down the line. They need they need to find a replacement for Kin. They need to get bigger. Um and they probably need to find a shooter. That's what I think you have to focus on for the most part.
1: All right. Well, that's kind of a rundown of all the recent happenings up at CU and August 3rd is going to be the lone open practice. It's on a Saturday. It's going to be in Folsom Field. So try to make your way up there. If you live in, in Denver, Boulder area, we're going to be back again with a mailbag show here in the next day or two. If you are a fan of this podcast, give Buff Stampede podcast a rating and a review that's going to help us get this out to more CU fans. Again, we'll be back answering a lot of your questions. Thanks for tuning in.